Welcome to Everyone Loved It But Me. My name is Lisa Hedger and I'm your host. I'm a freelance writer, editor, and journalist in Central Ohio. This is the podcast where we celebrate differences of opinions. Today is a book bits episode. And I'm publishing this in early April, as many of you are embarking on spring travels leading up to some summer travels. And I know uh, many folks plan to head south sometimes around the Georgia area this spring or summer. And I spoke with Annie B. Jones, owner of The Bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia, about a book she didn't love. It's a beloved book. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That episode is coming out next week. Stay tuned. But this week, Annie and I talk about what it's been like for her bookstore during the pandemic. She's had to make a lot of changes. We chat about one of her teen groups called Dumbledore's Army and some of the other innovative programs that her bookstore has embarked on. I've really enjoyed in this last six months or so talking about how innovative libraries have been during this time. And I think bookstores deserve a lot of credit, too. I hope that you'll enjoy this episode, and as always, be sure to stay tuned for the end, where I'm going to share one of those everyone hated it but me books, or it's really a book that's not quite getting the same amount of attention as those everyone loved it but me books. Now, on to the show! Today, I'm so excited to have Annie B. Jones, who is owner of The Bookshelf in Thomasville, Georgia. Annie began living her Kathleen Kelly dream in 2013 when she took over operations of The Bookshelf. Annie and her husband Jordan called downtown Thomasville, Georgia their home. Annie spends her days among the books, adores leading story time with the little ones, and acts as Detective Nancy Drew to help readers find the right books. Annie hosts From the Front Porch, that's the Bookshelf's weekly podcast about books, which I listen to. It delves into small business and life in the South, and it's a lot of fun. Welcome to the show, Annie. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. Yes. We like to do these things sometimes that I call book bits, where we just chit-chat about, I mean, you have this like darling bookstore, and I listen to your podcast, and I see online, you have all these cool things. I was looking at one of your programs that's called um, Dumbledore's Army. Is that right? Where kids get to take home an arc, right? That was so cool. Yes, that's right. Our retail floor manager, Olivia, started this program a couple years ago. And they, right now they meet once a month. We think we're going to maybe move into quarterly meetings here in in the next six months or so. But it is a group of young readers and they all are fabulous readers and many of them fabulous writers. And Olivia kind of gathers with them each month and they share about the books they have read that month. And then they each get to take home an arc or two, so an advanced reader copy or two of a book that hasn't come out yet. And then they read it and then they bring it back to the next meeting and they tell us, you know, I loved it. I hated it. They write wow, a little review card. That's awesome. And we, we choose to stock our children's section in part due to their reviews. So if, you know, if five or six of them really hate it, then there's no need for us to stock that book. If, like, we don't need to buy that. But if five or six of them love it and can't stop talking about it, then that's one we stock a lot of. And so Olivia really does. Olivia acts as our children's book buyer, and she really does pay attention to what they're 
what their um, preferences are to what they're most attracted to in terms of books and literature. And she uses that to stock our kids section. Plus it's just fun. It's essentially like a book club, a kids book club that meets every month and she facilitates that and the kids really like it. And I think it's really fun. Oh, that's really cool. That is so interesting. When I saw that, I thought that's very unique. And then you guys, yes. and I, just in terms of, you know, I know you guys have been going through COVID and you've talked a lot about that yes. and you've had to kind of transform. You've done so much online, of course. Do you feel, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that things will ever get back to normal, right? But how do you feel? I mean, it sounds like, and I saw, I think on your website, you guys are starting to do readers retreats again. Like, do you feel like you're starting? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. I think we're starting to like be the groundhog, like coming out of the <laughs> ground and like poking our head around, like is now okay? Which I yeah. feel like we've done that a few times right, in right. the last few years. Then you have to go back down. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I do feel hopeful about what's to come. I think really so many of us across industries are looking around and realizing, okay, we're not going back to normal, but can we achieve a level of new normal? And for us, you know, our upstairs, for example, pre-pandemic, we had an upstairs at the bookshelf that functioned as an event space. And so we would host events there. We would rent it out for birthday parties. And we don't do that anymore because now our upstairs is our shipping facility and our, our online sales grew in such a way and our book of the month program called our shelf subscription grew in such a way that that's now where we package those. And, and it's not, I don't think the numbers are going back down to pre pandemic sales levels. Like I think that program has grown. I think our online sales have grown and I think they're going to stay that way potentially. And so that is one way that our business has forever changed. Um, but we are also starting to do some things that we were doing pre-pandemic. So pre-pandemic, we hosted a couple of reader retreats where right. we hosted mostly, mostly women. I think mostly women, um, but men are welcome too. But anyway, from all over the country, these people came and we put them up in a local bed and breakfast. Um, now we partner with our local hotel, the Marriott. Oh. That's a change that happened during the pandemic okay. where the bed and breakfast closed. So like we're having to make adjustments and pivot, but we made this change to partner with our local hotel and we do a weekend's worth of bookish festivities with about two dozen women who come again from all over the country and we do book club conversations we do a live podcast a panel discussion about books a dinner party hosted inside our store and so kind of all these kind of bookish activities that people can come and bring their friends I am very hopeful. We hosted our first one, um, our first one in the new era, <laughs> I guess, uh, in February, and it went very well. And so it's my hope that we get to continue to do these. And we were able to do them in such a way where I felt really safe, uh, both for my staff and for the people coming. Like we required vaccinations and um, and negative and or negative COVID sure, tests. And sure. so that kind of helped us be able to know, okay, we can do this safely. We can have this and kind of try to eke back into normal. And so there are ways in which our business has changed forever. And then there are ways that we are trying to do the things that we did that we loved pre-pandemic. Sure. And it's also an opportunity to realize, oh, not everything we did pre-pandemic do we have to bring back. And so as a business owner, that's part of it too, is like reevaluating and realizing what worked then might not work now and, and what didn't work then might work now. Sure. So it's it's a it's an experiment, but I do I do feel hopeful about 
about the months to come. Right, right. It's interesting because there's certain things that we have done now. Like I remember when we started adding senior hours to grocery shopping or our library started yes. delivering books to people's homes. And I thought, well, why yes. didn't we do that all along? <laughs> you know, why why yes. did we just start yeah. that? That seems like something that, that sh- we should do long term. So you're right. You know, it's, it's this reevaluation. Yes. And are you seeing, you know, I don't know what limits you guys have in terms of can, you know, anybody mm-hmm. now come into the store? Could you story yeah. times and things like that? Or is that still a little? Yes. You know, so for so long and we're in we're in South Georgia. And so that has been a very interesting place to right. run a business and to and to, you know, run out, <laughs> run out of pandemic. It's just been very interesting as a business owner. But for a while, we limited capacity. Sure, we sure. closed and we're just doing pickup and delivery, all those things. We are now open you know, 10 to 6, Monday through Saturday. Masks are welcome, but not required. And we are back to doing in-person story time, which was one of our biggest things. Like for a long time, we did them outside. So we didn't do them at all for a period of time. And then we were fortunate enough in the South to get to do them outside. And so we did some outdoor story times. But now finally doing those back in the store. Similarly, we've been able to do Dumbledore's Army again. Where You know, we did that on Zoom a couple of times. We did it outside a few times. And now we're back in store. So we're really trying to move back, you know, pay attention to numbers in our community where we're a small rural community and so our numbers have fluctuated just like everybody sure. else's kind of throughout the whole thing but as long as those numbers stay low we feel like we're able to really function relatively normally given the circumstances and so that is part of the reason I'm feeling so hopeful this past Saturday was the first Saturday I had not worn a mask in store in (laughs) almost uh, two years truly yeah two years (laughs) it feels like um and and it felt just nice to see some customers faces obviously if people choose to wear masks that's totally fine and and they are welcome with open arms but it is nice to start to see some familiar faces and see their full faces It, it means more than I even really thought it would to be able to greet them and for them to greet us that was really special this past Saturday yes and Annie of course I will include you know, links to your website in the show notes as well. But I wanted, you mentioned it briefly. You kind of, you have, and you've tweaked this and I've seen you, I've heard you mention this also on your podcast, this uh, kind of a subscription service, right? For books where you do book bundles. Is that right? Or maybe you could explain. And so, yeah, two different things. So during the pandemic, we did surprise book bundles. And that was one of the things that was so popular because we wanted a way, people were buying books, which was great. But we had books like in store on our shelf. And part of the beauty of shopping at a bookstore is going in and browsing and like that serendipitous act of browsing. And so they weren't being able to do that. They were like buying exactly what they wanted, right? Which is great. But we wanted to kind of mimic the browsing experience. And so we still offer surprise book bundles where like you pick a budget, you tell us how much money you have. Um, I think we do $50, $100, $150, and $200. So you give us your budget. And we will pick and you can even tell us if you want like, oh, I like historical fiction. I like journalistic nonfiction. And we'll use that to craft a bundle for you of just surprise books. That was super popular in the pandemic and has continued to be popular, particularly for gifting or something like that, right. especially where somebody wants to gift their mom, you know, a bundle of books. So that is one thing that we do in offer. And then the other thing that existed pre-pandemic but has grown is our shelf subscription service. And that is our more maybe 
traditional book of the month program. What sets ours apart a little bit is that you can choose which staffers tastes you share. And so like if you pick the Annie subscription, you get mostly female-driven literary fiction and nonfiction. Right. Those are kind of my sweet spots. If you pick Olivia, you get mysteries and cozy thrillers mm-hmm. and the occasional maybe magic or sci-fi. If you pick Nancy, you get mostly feel-good fiction yeah. and mostly PG reads for more sensitive readers. So you can kind of pick which person you're most like and get a new hardback book mailed to you every month. And That service has grown quite a bit, and we mail out about 350 to 400 packages every month, which is just remarkable and such a growth of our business. And it's a service that we really like. Like, I spend a lot of my year reading for shelf subscriptions, trying to pick my favorite book Mm -hmm. of each month so I can have 12 really good books to send out throughout the year. So that is one of my favorite things that we do. All right, Annie. Each usually toward the end of the month in one of your podcasts you'll talk about all the books that you read each month how many books do you normally read in a year do you keep track of it (laughs) yeah so I I do keep track now that I'm a store owner I typically read this is going to be what it is going to wildly fluctuate but I think it's between 85 and 140 books a year yeah 85 would be on the low end last year I read close to 150 Maybe I read 150. I can't remember. Right. But that felt a little bit of an outlier. That felt like unusually a lot. But I think it's because I was reading a lot of kid lit, like I've talked about. And so that naturally grows your numbers. I'll tell you, a few years ago, like I made the goal to read 100. And then I hated that. I hated having that goal. It kind of messed with my mojo. Yeah. So I don't set a goal anymore. But instead, I think, but just by nature of my job, I probably read 100 to 120 a year in in recent years, in the last couple years. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's no fun when you're reading books and then you realize realize that you're not reading books that you really enjoyed right or you're reading because you have pressure I mean sometimes I look at I always during the pandemic year you know it was like I guess almost you know two years ago now where you know it was like March 2020 I'm running to the library and I'm you know grabbing like all of these books while everybody was getting their toilet paper and I decided (laughs) you know I had decided that year was going to be my year where I reread a lot where I was reading the Newberry Mm -hmm. So I so I just yeah. grabbed like all these Newberry winners. That was then pretty much all I had, you know, for three or four months. Yeah. And, but it was such a joy because, you know, some were ones yeah. I hadn't read. And again, I'm reading them with my kids and, and they were just these lovely, well-written books. And mm. it looked maybe funny on my Goodreads, but, you know, just whatever. It was <laughs> It was fun. Yeah, so. that sounds like a delightful project. Right. That sounds right. wonderful. Right. Do you do that? Well, you you reread the classics, right? Don't you? You choose some classics. Yes. Yeah. We're doing, yeah, as part of our podcast on and our Patreon membership, our Patreon supporters, we conquer a classic. So in 2020, we read Anna Karenina together yes. and kind of divided it up into 12 parts and, and read it throughout the year. And then last year, we did Middlemarch. And then this year we're doing Count of Monte Cristo. So I don't, and and none of those books had I read before. So I had not, I had not read any of those. So they are all new to me. I don't do a ton of rereading because of my job, just by nature of trying to, trying to read to sell, I guess, read to evangelize. And so I read mostly new books, but it has been a joy to do these classics in conversation with my friend Hunter, who will appear on the podcast a lot. 
And so he and I have these discussions together about these works of classic literature. And then last year I decided to read Jane Austen, like personally, that was like, it had nothing to do with the bookshelf. It was like my personal desire was to kind of fill in some gaps. And then this year I'm doing that with Toni Morrison. So I I kind of pick an author every year. And just if I ever don't have a book I'm reading or I'm ever like at a loss as to what to read, I have a go-to now in Toni Morrison. And last year I had a go-to in Jane Austen. And so that's been lovely as well. That is, that is. And I'm happy to report like my teen daughter has been reading Jane Austen and read a lot of Toni Morrison. So I'm really glad. I know. I'm always glad when, and she's reading Pride and Prejudice and she keeps saying, mom, I love it so much. It's so good. And I said, yeah. Oh, that's it is. wonderful. It is. It's such a lovely book. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fun to, to yeah, to see the next generation of readers coming up, like you said, and, and reading these. Yeah. So, well, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate your time, and I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you, Lisa. This has been so much fun. I love nothing more than talking books with fellow readers. So thank you for asking me. It's really the best. <laughs> thank you. It is. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, I want to thank you so much for listening to the show and especially thank Annie B. Jones for coming on. And as a reminder, you'll get to hear her again at length next week for Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. I'm really excited to release that episode. And as promised, I'm going to share a book that I think is really just not getting that much attention this year. And this was a 2022 book, so brand new release earlier this year. I will be flipping a couple pages so my apologies you guys this is the swimmers and it's by julia atsuka o-t-s-u-k-a i will include a link to it in the show notes it starts out really focusing on the lap swimmers and i will confess that one of my favorite sports is a lap swimmer i'm a horrible 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 swimmer Literally, strangers will will stop me and and comment on ways to to improve my stroke. But I love it. I love lap swimming. And I think that the way she describes the lap swimming in this book at the beginning is perfect. So you start out thinking this book is going to be about lap swimming, right? And just swimming. It turns into much, much more. I don't want to say exactly what transpires because I don't want to, I'm afraid I'll give it away. It's a short book, but it really teaches you what, how, what swimming helps, right? How it helps us to to kind of live our life. So for instance, here we have people who are swimming, you know, every day for health and then a a crack is discovered. And, And as this crack is discovered, things happen at the pool and and it leads to some some difficult ramifications but I want to talk a little bit like the book starts out and it's what I would kind of call quiet book so there's not a ton of plot and action a lot of description she talks about the rules at the pool though unspoken are adhered to by all we are our own best enforcers no running no shouting no children allowed circle swimming only direction counterclockwise always keeping to the right of the painted black line if you cannot keep up the pace you must stop at the end of your lane to let the swimmer behind you pass if you want to pass someone from behind you you must tap them on the foot to warn them if you accidentally bump into another swimmer you must check to make sure they are all right be nice to Alice. She's one of the main swimmers that, that will be discussed. And then it goes through, I'm turning another page, and it talks about above ground, many of us are ungainly and awkward, slowing down with the years. The extra poundage has arrived. The letting go has begun. 
The crow's feet are fanning out silently, but inexorably like cracks on a windshield from the corners of our eyes. But down below at the pool, we are restored to our youthful selves. Gray hairs vanish beneath dark blue swim caps. Brows unfurl. Limps disappear. Kettle-bellied men with knee woes on land bob daintily up and down in their bright orange flotation belts as they aqua-jog in place. Plus-sized women, well past their prime, grow supple and agile in the water. Dolphins sleek in their figure-slimming spandex suits. Stomachs are flattened. Bosoms are lifted. Long-lost waistlines reemerge. There it is. Even the most rotund of us steers her majestic bulk down her lane with ease and aplomb, as though she were the stately Queen Mary. This body of mine was built to float. All right, so you guys get the idea. I feel like this book, it's just written like that. It has a really lovely tone and quality. And as I said, it turns into something more than just about swimming, right? Like I mentioned, this mysterious crack in in the pool. And it's it's one to consider on Goodreads right now. I think it only has about 3,000 ratings, so not many people are reading it. It's brand new. Again, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate your time. And if I can give you a homework assignment, please consider following me on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, uh, consider a five-star rating. That will really help other people learn about my podcast. Certainly, if you have any friends or relatives who love to read, be sure to tell them about my show. And if you've got that Everyone Loved It But Me book that you would like to see me discuss on the show, let me know on my website, www.everyoneloveditbutme.com. I hope that you have a lovely day today. And most importantly, I hope you get time to read today.